Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Orange Power Half Hour. As always, I'm here with my dad, Shane Smithton. Um, I am a Shelby Myers, as we've had to go over a couple of different times. Um, <laughs> but I think we're finally getting the hang of it. So one intro finally done. Did I miss anything, Pops? No, I think we're good. We uh, we did have some discussion about whether we would have a show during the, uh, Oklahoma State's off week. I think yes. we were a little concerned about content, but uh, man, did the content fairy bless us with some yes. stuff to talk just about just sprinkled from the heavens um with with things to discuss i'm not sure where to start dad do you have a do you have a place you want to jump off from well i, I think we ought to start maybe just kind of how how the week started with uh with the information that was quote leaked i guess the the quotes from the athletic directors at oklahoma and oklahoma state that uh for some reason got treated like some sort of breaking news. I think everybody yeah. that knows anything about how conference play works, how college football works has known ever since OU and Texas announced that they were leaving the big 12, that obviously that would be the end of bedlam. It was certainly going to be the end of bedlam for a long yeah. period of time as Oklahoma state has got all of its non-conference schedule set through 2037. Yeah. Um, but Here's your sign. Right. Apparently the athletic director at OU's comment about uh, Oklahoma State not not seeking to schedule it, uh, although he, he skipped over the part where he also hasn't sought to schedule no. it. But uh, th that kind of fanned some flames. And and I really felt like, uh, you know, Oklahoma State in general just getting beat up, you know, not not necessarily by the mainstream media, but by social yes. media and, yeah. and just general dumb Local. fandom um and, and somebody needed to step up and, and make a statement and mm -hmm. uh, you know probably wasn't appropriate for the university president to do and, and maybe yeah. uh maybe chad weiberg's a, a little a little new on the job for it to be him mike sure. gundy was the perfect guy to do it and man did he do it big time he did it and he and it was so uh i think it was he hit the nail on the head as elegant as elegantly as one could about this situation. I, I know we talked about it early in the week when it was kind of all hitting at once. And I'm kind of like you said at the beginning, I'm still so taken aback that it's even a conversation. I knew when all of the conference realignment leaked or whatever, when we found out, oh, you in Texas were, were piecing out for the SEC. That was just a known a fact that we weren't going to continue. And I say we, I mean, Bedlam wouldn't continue because OU's not here to continue Bedlam. And that that's that. That was the decision along with going to the SEC that was made. Um, so I think I was just kind of shocked that it was still a thing. So I'm so happy that Coach Gundy came out. And he I think he did it in a way of saying, this is ridiculous. So I'm going to address it once because it's ridiculous. And then we're going to move on with the rest of our lives because nobody's butthurt about OU going to the SEC and taking a ton of money and probably doing what's best for them. That's fine. But don't come boo to us about not continuing Bedlam when you left. Sure. Yeah. I, I thought he did a great job. You know, he, had, he attacked it the way it should have been attacked. He attacked it from a standpoint of facts. He said, mm -hmm. here are the facts. Here is yep. exactly what happened. Yeah. Somebody, and he challenged the media, somebody step up and tell, yeah, tell me absolutely. what could, what could Casey Shrum have done? What could yes. Chad Weiberger have done? What could I have done? Oklahoma State couldn't have done anything about it. That was just a 
a straight up fact. And uh, I, I was so happy that that Mike said it. And and let's go ahead and clear up, you know, the other side of it, too. At the same time, it does, you know, it does. It has nothing to do with with being afraid to play the University of Oklahoma. No, bring Though, it on. Those days, those days are over. The days of little brother are over. Mm-hmm. You only have to look as recently as last year yep. to see that. Uh, even though the series has continued to be somewhat lopsided, the games have been extraordinarily competitive. And and let's let's also call this like it is. If OU hadn't lost scheduled non-conference games with Alabama and Georgia in the future, yep. because they're going to be conference games now. Yep. The, if they had already scheduled, say, it wouldn't be Michigan, an option, Michigan or USC, they wouldn't even be hinting about it. But, you know, Mark Rogers, uh, who I've always thought was a bit of an OU guy, I have to tip my hat to him because he's been uh, very uh, just honest in his reporting about this. And he's reported that he has sources within the University of Oklahoma. And he basically said he knows for a fact that no OU official has done anything to attempt to schedule this game going forward either. So it it was a very uh, uh, chicken hearted, I thought, effort on the on Joe Castiglione's part to to kind of make it seem like we were running from the from the uh, from the the Bedlam game and and nothing could be further from the truth. We were sitting right here in the middle of, of the conference like we had expecting to play for for the next few years. But you know, by them leaving and, and you losing Bedlam, Oklahoma State loses a lot of money. I mean, OU and oh, absolutely. OSU, my understanding is, have kind of split those TV rights over the last few years. And yeah. it's been worth like $20 million to each school. So yeah. uh, that's a that's a pretty big hit to take. And if your business partner essentially steals $20 million from exactly. you, you, you don't go ahead and, and schedule, you know, uh, another business deal with them. I mean, you, you learn yep. your lesson and you move on down the road. Yeah. And I think too, you touched on, you know, the days of little brother are over. And I, I would argue that that is the, the little brother mentality is still there. If we say, Hey, I know you guys were leaving and just kind of left us hanging, which is fine, but we're going to continue to play you because that's what you guys want to do. And that's, we're just not that type of program. We've we'll we'll be fine. We'll find people that um that want to come join the, the Big Twelve and that that we'll battle with hard and and so basically we're 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 good. Um, you guys go yeah, on to have, the SEC and do your thing. You have some pride. I mean, if your girlfriend breaks up with you, you don't continue to text her and call her all the time. Yep. Absolutely, you gotta, absolutely. You got to get on down the road. Yeah, and, and I go ahead. Go ahead. No, you. <laughs> No, I, I just was going to say that may be kind of a good general segue too. we're talking about, you know, some of that historic big brother nonsense. Um, and really, if you expand that beyond Oklahoma State and just expand it to the league, the, the uh, you know, the re, the reality of the games being played out on the field proves to you that that's not the case for Oklahoma State anymore. It's not mm-hmm. the case for any of the teams nope. in the conference. Yeah, just have to look at this past weekend as exhibit A. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, and I, I wanted to touch on on the Bedlam series nonsense just because it was it was a big thing that happened. But but like Coach Gundy, I'm gonna I'm gonna take his uh, I'll follow his lead on this one that we we talked about it, we addressed it. I think it's ridiculous. I'm glad it's over and we can just move on um, with the rest of the season. And just like you said, you know. You can look at the games this past weekend and realize that 
none of everything's maybe flip flops um, from from what you would guess um, before the season started. And I should go ahead and just apologize um, to Rock Chalk Jayhawk Nation right now, because I think I said in the first podcast that you couldn't sleep on anybody in the Big 12. And I under my breath might have mentioned maybe Kansas. I take it back with everything. I um, will admit when I'm wrong. And the Kansas Jayhawks are sitting at 4-0 and for the first time since uh, 2008. They took down Duke this weekend, 27-35, and the place was packed. Yeah, tw- uh, 30, Kansas 35, Duke 27, and that's not the halftime score of a televised basketball game <laughs> on ESPN. That is a televised football game that American was sold football. out. And, uh, and I, w- I, I, I guess I'll, I'll take a, a, just a small amount of credit when you did say that under your breath, the first, mm-hmm. the, in the first podcast, I, I knew think I you'd said, mentioned you that you were right. KU, they're I getting, knew you'd they're getting it. better. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it, you, you only had to watch Lance Leopold coach a little bit last year to know yeah. this guy knows what he, what he's doing. And, and listen, at this point, we have to hope that, you know, outside of, of uh, the Oklahoma State game and, and, and maybe, you know, maybe one other one somewhere along the way that, that they continue to be successful in someone like Nebraska or, or uh, a program that is deemed a football program uh, than Kansas. Although, let me tell you, the programs, the football programs that Nebraska is better than anymore, that list gets smaller and smaller yeah. all the time. But you yeah. have to hope that he moves on somewhere else because this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, I am uh, fearful if he hangs out um, a, a little bit longer and and really gets um, gets his gets his recruits and gets um, his system fully implemented because I think I think they can be um, pretty dangerous. I I won't lie, I didn't I haven't watched a lot of Duke this year, so I'm not sure what they're bringing to the table. Um, but man, the Kansas offense but we're undefeated. Did, did did whatever they yeah they were undefeated. Um, but the Kansas offense just kind of ran the show and did whatever they wanted to wanted to do. So hats off to them. They look pretty good. Yeah, Jalen Daniels, uh, the quarterback for the Jayhawks, yeah. is he's just an absolute stud. Yeah, he can't he came in ready, ready to work for sure. He was he was fun to watch. I actually enjoyed watching that Kansas Duke football game, which would have never have thought that I would have said that those words. Um so yeah, the Jayhawks. No one did. Yeah, the the Jayhawks take care of business um, to stay undefeated. And then um, I don't know if you had a chance to watch it. Dad was this weekend was at um, I almost said the HBU game um, from her brother's uh, team that he coaches. <laughs> but I I'll take it back because they just changed their name to HCU. It's now Houston Christian yeah, they were University. H- they were HBU last week, but this week yeah, they're HCU. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, a quick, yeah. A quick you gotta, one. You got to keep. I think I think that chance changed on Tuesday or Thursday. I don't remember which day of the yeah. week. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so I know you were uh footballing in person um down in Austin, I believe, or San Marcos. Um, San Marcos, Texas. Yes. yes. Um. Texas so State I don't know University. how many of these games that you got to um to watch, but Baylor um takes down Iowa State um. 31 24 and i mean obviously baylor's got the got the one loss um and iowa state's always a a good team but i want to touch on baylor's um one loss because i think that is going to get people 
you know, excited when you look at our record versus theirs that they've already lost. But um, I'm going to give them some credit because that BYU loss, you know, as we talked about when it happened was that environment is nuts to play in. And it was a crazy game. And and I think that game could have went either way. And maybe if it's in Waco, um, it goes in favor of the Bears. So um, all that just to say that we, you know, we we got the Bears coming up this coming weekend. And, and I think they they could be a little dangerous. Um, so we need to come ready to work. But I didn't get to see any of the Baylor-Iowa State game. I did see almost all of the Baylor-BYU game, and that was a game that was really puzzling to me because, you know, I watched in person Blake Shapin and the Baylor Bears, uh, you know, beat our Cowboys in the Big 12 championship oh, game. Dad. And and Blake Shapin looked like an absolute stud in that game. And in the Listen BYU game, in the BYU game, he couldn't throw the football out of a wet paper bag. It didn't yeah, even look like true. the same kid. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the atmosphere and everything there in BYU was was really big time. But uh, the kid almost looked like he had something, an injury or something mechanical going on wrong. Uh, uh, Baylor didn't even attempt to throw the football for the mm-hmm. most part until they just got into absolute must-throw situations. And yep. so um, I was really perplexed by that game. Uh, but I, I've seen his numbers and a few of the highlights of the Iowa State game, and it looks like, you know, that was maybe a, a one-week uh, aberration in, in the Blake Shapin that, that we know yeah. uh, was back. I mean, he threw yeah. for 238 yards, and, mm-hmm. and they went into Ames, which is always tough, and, yep. and got a big conference win. Yeah, and um, you probably didn't catch this, but it was a, a really weird um, penalty game. Uh, Iowa State, I'm not sure. I should have looked up what they um, – ended with penalty wise, but I mean, they, they got called for about, um, everything. And, and I don't know if obviously, you know, that's subjective and I know everybody was pretty hot on, um, Twitter and everything about the referees for that game, but Baylor's also just a very disciplined team. You know, they're, they're pretty well coached. Um, and I don't think there's a lot of nonsense that goes on, um, with that coaching staff. I think he's pretty, pretty, uh, tough and kind of old school. Um, but it also made Iowa state look a little, um, sloppy with all the flags. So just kind of a weird thing to throw in there that that game kind of had a lot of, a lot of laundry on it. Yeah. And, and I guess another, another natural segue there, when you're talking about teams that are well coached, let's talk about the Kansas state wildcats. Oh my gosh, dad. The OC. Well, okay. So first off, I guess I'm not know. I don't know for sure who is calling their plays. I don't know if it's the OC or the head man. Um, I haven't, nobody's let me in on that information. Um, but a genius, whoever it is, I thought he called a fantastic game. Well, I, yeah, I'm not sure about, I, I don't pretend to know enough to know who the the K-State OC is. We can get uh, maybe our friends Tara and Z to tell us that, but I know Chris Kleiman is the head coach and, and Chris Kleiman couldn't be more comfortable in Norman, Oklahoma, if he had an apartment there. I mean, he might, the guy owns the Sooners. Yeah. Three out of four, uh, the last three out of four, the, the Wildcats take over the Sooners and, and, and his, his Kansas state clubs are just like Bill Snyder's Kansas state clubs. And they are the epitome of, uh, you know, teams that don't commit penalties. They're not going to beat themselves. They're going to be – they're not only going to be fundamentally sound in special teams, they're going to be special in special teams. They always have yes. outstanding special teams play. And 
that that delayed quarterback lead that they run looks like the most simple oh junior high football play you've ever seen in your life. And for whatever reason, people can't figure it out. It they just can't figure it out. That and it's it's almost uh, it's stressful to watch because they he hang Deuce hangs back there forever, and you're like, oh my gosh, okay. It's time. Start doing something. Go hit the hole, whatever. And they've got it. They've got it down to a to a T for sure, because um, it, it works against the the people in crimson. Um, but and I know you well, yeah, mentioned we've got um, we've got some uh, K State fans in our in our circle. Um, so we always say state for state and enjoy watching um, the cats. But I, I was I was happy for him. It was a great game. Yeah, I think there's a lot of kind of natural kinship between Oklahoma State fans and Kansas State fans. They uh, just have a lot of similarities in the ag background. Yeah, just land the kind grant. of people that, uh, yeah, the kind of people that support the program and uh, just a real, you know, a real blue collar type mm-hmm. uh, football team, uh, much like Oklahoma State is. Now, you know, I would say the, the way Oklahoma State has found success offensively has been uh, in the spread offense and, and in playing super fast and, and Kansas state has stuck more with a a traditional running, well, not a traditional running attack a running attack, but a running attack that, that, uh, relies heavily on, on the quarterback run. Now you mentioned Deuce Vaughn, who is outstanding, uh, probably, probably the best tailback in the conference, uh, certainly pound for pound, the best tailback in the conference, but it's, it's, it's the quarterback running the ball, uh, you know, and, and there's been a million of them. It doesn't matter who it is. And now it's, you know, Adrian Martinez, the transfer from Nebraska, but, but that, that quarterback lead, uh, it is so effective. And I, I, I guess it's effective because Kansas state continues to, to recruit or develop outstanding offensive linemen. And I'm just telling you, they will, they will block your butt up front. And that was, yeah, uh, that's what it looked like to me that, that caused, most of OU's problems is OU's defensive players couldn't get off those blocks Mm -hmm. or they couldn't get off of them in in time to make plays until, you know, they were already the running backs or the quarterbacks or whoever was running the ball for K-State was already, you know, to that second level. So uh, you got to give those big boys up front for, for Kansas State a lot of credit. They, they had a heck of a game. Yeah. And I really never felt, I mean, obviously there's, you know, there's, there's was opportunity for OU to come and come back from behind and win that game. But I really just felt like the whole time, you know, they had their number and it kind of feels like that's always how it's been, at least in, in the last few years that I just feel like they, you know, roll in to play the, the Sooners um, well-prepared and ready and really, um, really calm, not intimidated at all. I mean, it looked like you said that he's the head man is just so comfortable there. And that's, that's how it looks. It just looks like they're, you know, on a business trip and they already know what's going to happen and they get out of there. And it's just, that game's always, uh, always a fun one to watch that one. I'm, I might miss um, in the next couple of years. Well, and, and what a, what a good job too, from a motivational standpoint that, that climbing must've done because, you know, you're talking about a team that was coming off a, a loss to the yeah. two lane green wave yeah. in which they scored a whopping 10 points. I mean, yeah. I, and, and this is what gets you in trouble. If you start talking about comparative scores or looking at who beat who and who did what, uh, nobody, nobody's going to pick Kansas state to beat 
maybe anybody else in the Big 12 coming off of that two-lane yep. loss, and uh, it couldn't have mattered less. They they showed up and and uh, and played you know a really outstanding football game. Yeah, happy for them. Um, another another great uh, football game, and I'm again not sure if you got to see any of it, but uh, Texas Tech beats Texas um, in OT thirty-four to thirty-seven. Did you get to catch any of it? I got to see most of it. I didn't get to see the uh, the tail end of the of the fourth quarter, but I saw most of the first part of it. And uh, I guess this is the this is the segment where we have to uh, say that once again, Texas currently not quite back. Um, not quite. Every year we hear how they're going to be they're going to be back, and uh, you know, uh, I, and Texas Tech now. Texas Tech is a team unlike the K State OU series. Texas Tech has struggled mightily with Texas, even during the, the yeah. years Texas has been down. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Texas Tech had won that game since 2008. That's right. So uh, they snapped a heck of a streak. And, uh, and, and gosh, it, it sets up. Uh, I mean, you think there, there wasn't a lot riding on the Red River rivalry already. Now the loser of that game. Yeah. in early October is going to be sitting with two league losses and it's probably effectively out of the conference championship race. Just like that. Yeah. And we're just a couple of weeks in. Um, and I wouldn't be a true OSU fan if I didn't mention, um, now that we've talked about, uh, the OU game and the Texas game. And we've also talked about the two that are leaving the big 12 that coincides. So just here's my salute to you in the sec. Have fun. Yeah, I, I, the the SEC is taking the uh, cellar dwellers in our conference yeah. off of our hands. I guess yeah, appreciate and, and, yeah. and I I say that a, a little bit tongue in cheek, but um, uh, certainly you know as Oklahoma Oklahoma State fans, you know we're, that doesn't we're not in the championship game. We're a long no. ways from it. No, and, we don't uh, And I'm telling you that I'm I'm already I'm already scared to death about playing Texas Tech and Kansas yep. State. Oh my gosh, uh, yeah. I was concerned about playing Kansas State before the season started because you just know those guys are going to show up and bring their lunch pail and be a, yeah. a tough out yeah, every they year. They anyway. don't care. Yeah, <laughs> they just yeah they just play ball. Yeah. Um, but it is I think it's massively funny to, for the other teams in the conference to have to set back you know this entire off season and listen to all this garbage about yes. you know texas and ou and, mm -hmm. and how they're worthy of the sec and you know nobody yep. else in the conference is uh and and all that all that tells you is that it has to do uh it's the money people it's, it's the money yep. people at, at at fox and espn that are making the decisions and they're making the decisions based on a hundred or 150 year old history and yep. and and money and nothing else because if it was based on wins and losses there wouldn't be a team in the Big 12 getting left out of any of this super conference uh, talk because they're all massively competitive teams. Yeah. Yeah. You're com I mean, you're completely right. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's just uh, it, it's it's comical. I think if you're you know, if you're not wearing um, burnt orange or crimson, it's just kind of funny for the rest of us because we did have to hear a lot of um, yaw yawn about it in the um in the months prior to the, to kickoff. So, um, and it's not only, it's not only just the teams that are the, that are in the big 12 already and are remaining, but the teams that are coming into the conference, yeah. uh, For if sure. you look at the new, the new big 12 
every team in the new Big 12 won this last weekend except yeah. two teams. One yeah. of those was Iowa State, who had to face Baylor, who's obviously yep. you know in the conference. Mm-hmm. And so one of those had to lose. And, and Oklahoma State, who was off. Everyone yeah. else in, in the new Big 12 was a winner. Yeah, that's a um I'm I'm glad you pointed that out. That's a great um little tidbit of knowledge. Uh I think that makes me so freaking excited. Um, you know, I think the grass is always greener and all that. Um, but maybe, you know, several years from now we'll just be thanking um the Sooners and uh the Longhorns for peace not peacing out and letting us just get on our merry way with these with these new folks. So I'm excited yeah, about Texas, that. Texas Tech, by the way, just to to remind everybody was picked ninth in this conference and, and they just knocked off the SEC bound uh, Longhorns. And he, there was a lot of, I guess a lot of, I'm not a uh, Twitter guy, as you know, but you said, no, and me, I wish uh, you would Shane, because there is some really good stuff on Twitter and I always have to text it to you. And it just, it's an extra step for me. So if you could get on well, that, I'd appreciate it. Yeah. I, I'll apologize again for my, uh, for my, lack of technical prowess, but I did appreciate some of the uh, tweets that you forwarded me. And I think my, my favorite, I got to mention my favorite, but <laughs> you, there was one that said, Oh, you needs to get the hell away from K state. Just like Texas needs to get away from Texas tech, Kansas, Baylor, K state, West Virginia, Oklahoma state, Iowa state, just basically listed the rest of the conference yes. that, that had to be my, uh, my favorite by far. Yeah. Um, Twitter's hilarious and it, it should not be, um, but should not be free, but, um, it was, it was blowing up on Saturday. Pretty good. It was, it was fun. If, you know, if you're somebody who didn't, you know, wasn't stressed out, invested in a, um, football game, like we were on, on bye week it was kind of a, kind of a nice weekend to just get to, to relax and stuff. Um, and now that we have, um, I'm ready to go. Let me touch on the rest of these big 12 games, just so we know where we stand. Um, TCU beats SMU 42-34. I don't know anything about SMU um, pop, so th- that wasn't surprising to me, but I don't know. Maybe you have a different opinion. It was a, it was a game that uh, that the bookies had picked close, I think. Okay. I think TCU was favored maybe by two or two and a half, so okay. it was a good, good win. Yeah, um, good for them. Uh, we were um, off, obviously, as we've already stated. Um, so that kind of wraps up where the Big 12 was. Um, and, and like I mentioned, it was kind of nice to to have a weekend off and, and just enjoy some um, some other football games. I know um, my husband, shout out to my husband, who wired three different TV screens on Saturday um, so we could just not move from the couch and watch football all day long um there were some good ones and it was fun but now that that's over it's time to take care of business um with the Baylor Bears this coming Saturday dad what do you think we're gonna need to do to pull it off well uh, you know Baylor's obviously been, been trying to be pretty balanced and and they looked like they had a balanced effort against Iowa State shaping again unlike the BYU game looked like uh, he looked at the tail end of last season and and had a good day throwing the football so that that young secondary of Oklahoma State's that that has struggled a little bit to this point certainly is going to have to have a big day and then I think on the offensive side of the ball you know uh, we've really been throwing the ball well we haven't had a consistent running game and I think as we get into big 12 play we're going to have to do 
um, more in the run game. And that probably means, you know, Spencer Sanders has to run a little bit more. Yeah, I um, agree. And, and try to get a little more maybe out of the out of the guys up front. But I, I think that's going to be the a really big key is can Oklahoma State run the football effectively enough to to take a little bit off of, uh, you know, a little pressure off the passing game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it, it all starts and stops with number three for sure. Yeah. Um, which probably, uh, you know, jumps on into, to where I was going to say that, you know, I think, I think every week on this podcast where we have to put a lot of pressure on, on Spence, but you know, there is, there is only one guy that touches the ball every time. And obviously I think he's going to need to be, sharp for us to be able to go to Waco and and come out with a win. But I think, I think um, I just agree with everything that you just said about, you know, we're going to have to be able to do a little bit of everything. Um, I think we're going to have to be able to, to, to shake it up on them and just keep them on their heels the whole time. I would really like to see us go fast. Um, I know that's something that we have tried to kind of adopt and run with over the last couple of years, but I think, um, I think three plays better when we go fast, you know, I think he is a better, um, just going, going with, um, his gut and what feels right and not, um, having to think so much. Cause I just think he's got such raw natural talent that I think, um, it's easier for him to just, you know, jump on the ball and go. And I think, um, our offense can be, can be really lethal like that. So I'd like to see us play fast. I'd like to, like you said, see us run the ball, um, really effectively and hopefully come out with a, with a W. Yeah, I agree. That pace is a, is a big deal. I think that's one been one of the great equalizers for Oklahoma State. It, um, I think it can, you know, even if you're not as talented as your opponent, um, you, you can mask that a little bit by playing it at such a high rate of speed. And, you know, we saw it in the Fiesta Bowl last year where, yeah. you know, Oklahoma State just absolutely wore Notre Dame's defense completely out. We yeah. were seeing it in the, in the tail end of the Big 12 championship game, that drive uh, yes. that unfortunately came Ugh. up half a yard short. Uh, Baylor's Dad, defense I hope was you bring up that, on that memory drive. one more time because it wasn't painful enough for me to live through. Well, yeah, I'm not, not bringing it up because I enjoyed knife. it. But, uh, but I'm saying that, you know, Oklahoma State had a lot of success yes. against Baylor, you know, playing fast like that. And, um, it, you know, I just I think that's I'm, I'm sure that's what we'll we'll go into the game trying to do. And Spencer has been there so long and has so much experience now. I, I think he's massively comfortable in that setting and he's looked great to this point of the season. And I I'm excited for him to get back out there, not only uh, see what he can do leading the team, but, you know, he's got a chance at some some big time individual awards, too. Yeah. if He keeps up uh, playing the way he has. Yeah, obviously I want it for him um, from a fan standpoint and then just, you know, for the team success and program success. Um, but I really I really want it for him individually as well. I think he's he's worked hard and he's come a long way. And, you know, I think now with the transfer portal being like it is, you just it makes you appreciate the ones that have just kind of stuck with you the whole time, you know, and really learned the system and stuff. And so, um, yeah, I think I just, I, I think he deserves it. You know, I think he's worked hard enough for it. So I hope it just all, all comes together for him. And, and I think as we start conference play and we start really getting into the nitty gritty of the season, you know, I hope he can just stay, stay calm and stay settled in and, and focused. Um, so we don't really have primary pokes this week because we didn't play, but I would say that he's going to need to be one um, as just a prediction standpoint. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's probably going to be the prediction going in every time. Yeah. Um, 
So we'll just move right on past deputy and we'll hit primary pokes and deputy um, next week after we've, we've been in Waco. Um, But uh, for the rowdy review, obviously we don't have a review, um, but I, we've, we've taken that Waco trip a couple of times um, pops and I don't lie to anybody um, listening. Any of you OSU people who are contemplating about going, there's not a ton to do, but to entice you, to get your rear into Waco, if you can, I've written out a couple of things that I looked up on the internet and things that we've done in the past. Um, and for any of you uh, soda pop enthusiasts, there's a Dr. Pepper Museum in Waco, which I'm sure none of you knew about. I'm sure it has a bunch of fun tidbits of information. Um, and then there's also a vineyard, um, Valley Mills Vineyard. If you'd like to go taste some wine and see a vineyard, if that maybe get a nice little wine buzz before you go on over to the game, maybe. Um, and then the best thing that I found, which we've done, dad, is the Magnolia Market, you know, Chip and Joanna Gaines, HGTV. They've got like the food and all the aesthetically pleasing things. Yeah, they've, and they've got the river and whatnot. Now, my wife would have been interested in the first thing you said. That she's a Dr. Pepper yeah. junkie, so See? the Dr. Pepper Museum that she'd Something be all about Something for everyone. That. Yeah, um, and that, that's, that's I hate to say that's all I came up with, but I'm, why don't you guys go down there and, and find something else? Well, they can also see the uh, Baylor, Baylor student section. They have a tradition. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. We talked about turn this. them loose and they get to run across the field. And so you yes. can show up early and watch some of those students trample each other as they're trying yeah. to get to their seats. Yeah. Nothing like watching a couple of broken bones in the making. Um, but it is quite entertaining. It is quite entertaining to to watch uh, all the kids who went to college to not play sports run. Exactly. <laughs> um, but uh I think we talked about this last week, Pops, um, cowboy combos. I think we predicted, and I think I started um, saying, I think I said all white because that's my favorite. And then you said that we probably wouldn't break that out this early, maybe. I don't know. I kind of feel like they may, might save that for yeah. uh, for the OU game. But yeah, um, I think yeah, I agree you know, with you. I, it, it could be. Orange, orange, white, orange, or black, yeah. white, black, some, something like that. Maybe the, the three-color deal, they may do that. Yeah, I think I agree with you um, on all of that. And, oh, I did send you the um, one of my favorite – I don't know if it's my all-time favorite all-white look, but I sent it to you this weekend, and I think it's super similar to what you were rocking in the 80s, right? Yeah, the uh, that, the I think they the call throwback. it maybe the – Thurman Thomas yeah. era. Uh, yeah, that that's basically that's basically what we wore every time because we didn't have various uniform combinations. We had home and away. Uh, they weren't Nike uniforms. They were Russell or Champion or whatever they were at the time. But, but uh, that's a good look. And I know they've worn that a couple of times, um, you yeah. know, in the last couple of years. And I think the guys enjoy that. I mean, it is getting to be a, a long time ago to the to the late 80s. Yeah, no, it looks, it looks really good. I enjoy that. Um, and so, yeah, I think you're right with the three. I think we might go three colors, um, but we'll see. And then dad, let's, let's wrap this, um, thing up a little bit. Tell me what you think you're, or let me give me your loyal and true of, um, this week. So give me a, one of your traditions. Yeah, I think, uh, the, the, my loyal and true would be just the, the fans, uh, chanting, orange power uh, back and mm, forth, yeah. whether it's at a football a game or a, 
a basketball game. I don't know how long that tradition's been around. I know it's been around since at least the, the early 70s because I can remember hearing it and doing it as, as a little kid, uh, you know, going to games. And those are kind of my some of my first memories is in the – I went to games even younger than that, but the ones that I can remember. So uh, I, I've just always thought that was a, a, a very neat deal, unique. Uh, you know, nobody else – has anything like that or would have any reason to necessarily, but uh, that's always been something that I like. And now they kind of make a big deal out of it with having a, a guest come down there and lead the opening one at uh, the opening orange power at, uh, during the pregame. I think Brandon Whedon and some other guys have come out yeah. this year and done it. So, yeah, I totally agree. The, um, the orange power is always something that I find um, really unique and, and sounds, um, sounds good. And it's kind of one of those things that I just, uh, feel a part of something um bigger than myself because you know we also say it in a specific way with like a specific tempo and um it's just, it's fun to do with with the crowd and um yeah I, lo- I love the way it sounds in boone pickens i really love the way it sounds in gia um it's it's just a classic it's good um no doubt but- but I think my um, tradition that I have on here is, um, which I feel like all my traditions now are just stuff that I love watching um, my little 16-month-old girl do um, now or be involved in. But um, her favorite thing right now is Bullet. Um, she has a little oh, yeah. stuffed Bullet and obviously super into you know animals, specifically horses. And so um, she just thinks Bullet is is super cool and you know i i remember being excited when i got to see um see bullet and obviously i feel like it hits at so many different ages and it's special for so many different reasons one obviously the horse ties in with the history of you know the cowboys and osu and you know the agriculture and and that um part of it all and then also you know for little kids you know it's a live horse that's beautiful um and so it's special for them. And then as just like a crazy OSU fan, you know, every time you see bullet means we scored. Um, if it's not the very beginning of the game with the band. Um, so obviously from that standpoint, you know, he's, he's fun to, to watch. Um, so I just feel like everybody, um, gets the beauty of, um, of bullet, whether it's him or, um, just the history behind it all. So that's been something that's been really special to watch her, you know, eyes go big at. Um, so I really, I've, I've really enjoyed that tradition. It's a great, it's a great uh, fit with everything. And now uh, too, for the little kids, not only do you have bullet, but now you have BB. Yes. And now we have little BB and who's just as, um, just as pretty, um, and so freaking cute. So that's special too. But, um, yeah, so I feel like we about, about covered it all pops. What do you think? Yeah, uh, enjoyed the off week, and now it's back to the stress and, and pressure of, of having yeah. a conference game. Yeah, exactly. Now we get to go back to um, high anxiety of um, our normal lives when we don't have a bye week. Um, but Oklahoma State will take on Baylor in Waco at McLean Stadium, 2.30 p.m. kickoff. Um, if you can make the drive down, um, make it and uh support the cowboys and if you you can't make sure you're there the next week um we face uh tech other than that we'll see you next week this is orange power half hour we are sponsored by swing hats company the link will be in the description below um i think that's about it go pokes go pokes